Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aristocratics Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wallace, and today we don't have a guest. I just want to spend a few minutes talking about the history of our events and where we're going to be going in the future and kind of give you that behind the scenes insight that uh, we're always promising to deliver here. So um, I guess we'll start at the beginning of how this all came to be. So it was back in 2017. I had this idea for an art show. I'd only been in town for a couple of years. I didn't have any connections or know anybody. I didn't even really know my way around town uh, all that well. Uh, but I got with some friends and told them about this idea and they thought it was cool and they wanted to you know, help put it together. So uh, we started brainstorming what it would be, what it would look like, you know, and I told them, you know, I had, I, I wanted to do an art show that focused on the um, contemporary fine art nude in all different formats, you know, whether it's paintings or sculptures or photography or what have you, and then have elements of live performance so that people could, um, you know, see art basically come to life. And that was uh, about as, developed as the idea was in the beginning. But um, with that kind of as our jumping off point, we started looking around trying to figure out, you know, where we could do it, what it would be like. And uh, somebody had a connection to this artist's collective in Midtown called um, the Sugar Shack. And we uh, we went in there and talked to them and they offered this uh, deal where basically if we did a little uh, almost like community service for them, you know, helped to cook dinner or fix their lights or do things to help, you know, clean up their space. Uh, they would let us use their venue for the show. And it was a, a pretty small venue because it was predominantly a, a residence. They had a sort of a downstairs common area that we could use. And also, um, it, I guess it was a converted house in the back and a storefront of some sort in the front that they had turned into sort of a theater type space. And uh, it was very, um, very cool, very bohemian, had like a half of a bus in it with like a bed in there and <laughs> all kinds of interesting stuff. But we, um, uh, we we used that space for the first show and um, and it was great because it, uh, it didn't cost us anything up front for the, the venue and we had no idea how people were going to receive the event. So we you know had to keep our costs down and everything. And we were literally like casting for performers and models and artists on Craigslist because, again, we didn't really know any better. And um, we lucked out in a huge way and got some really talented people uh, doing that that way. And just some really interesting characters, too, like folks that just thought it was a neat idea and wanted to be part of it, uh, you know, and came out. And um, we, we set pretty low expectations for ourselves. We were thinking, you know, if we got 100, 150 people to come through the doors, we'd consider that a huge success. And we ended up with about 600 coming through uh, in the night. So it was, um, it, it did better than we had expected. And um, we saw the potential in it. So we decided, you know, we want to come back and do this again uh, six months later. Uh, maybe this time we'll invest a little bit of money into it and, uh, and see where it goes. So that led us to the show that uh, probably most people uh, think of as kind of the first show of that event series. And by the way, this is back when the event was still called Nude Art LA. Um, the name was sort of obvious, <laughs> given what the show was about. But, uh, but I think a lot of people really liked it because it was so 
straightforward. You know, you knew exactly what the event was about. And um, there were no surprises, no guesswork, no, you know, having to read the fine print to figure it out. Uh, the problem was that um, the word nude seems to really scare people. <laughs> so uh, while it was great for the audience, it was less great dealing with vendors and venues and stuff like that. And people really just didn't take us seriously. And we started to see that um, in full force at the second event, um, which, as I was starting to say, is really kind of what most people thought of as sort of the first show uh, for Nude Art LA. A lot of people didn't realize that we'd had that smaller uh, event before it. Um, so the second event was at the Art Share in downtown, and it's uh, another artist collective, but it's one that's um, a bit more professionally run, so you can actually like round out the space, and they've got um, you know uh, classrooms and uh, a proper theater with a DJ booth and things like that. So it was a little bit more set up for an event like ours, an actual gallery in the front. And um, <clears throat> so we got in there, um, not on, as it turned out, the best of terms because uh, it wasn't an exclusive lease of the space, which we, I don't think we realized completely at the beginning. We, we were sort of more focused on the, um, the price tag again, because we uh, were still starting out. We didn't have a ton of money in the bank, so we didn't want to get too crazy. And, you know, there's always that risk, like, that, well, maybe the first time things went great, but the second time, you know, people may not have received it as well as you thought and may not come back, you know, so we were a little worried about that. and. Um, so yeah, we were still cost conscious and we got in there and um, found that there were other events going on while we were trying to set up and we would get kicked out in the middle of um, hours where we were told that we would have, you know, uh, use of the space to hang art and do all the things that we need to do to get set up. And um, so that was kind of a constant frustration. Uh, but the night of the event came and um, <laughs> I'll tell you, we were sweating right up to the last second because, uh, you know, we had sunk some money into it. And um, as is often the case in Los Angeles, people don't make decisions on what they want to do until kind of the last second. So uh, we were freaking out that uh, nobody was going to come. We, we didn't see any ticket sales way in advance like we were hoping to. And then the day of, um, I remember my email just kept pinging that somebody bought a ticket, somebody bought a ticket, somebody bought a ticket. And uh, I was talking to my wife, who was uh, also my business partner <laughs> in that pro uh, project. Uh, this is all before we were married, but we um, uh, we were you know freaked out, and and uh, I keep seeing those uh, purchases come through. And there was a moment in the middle of the afternoon where it went from this sort of quiet desperation that we'd been operating under to like, oh, we might actually you know pull this off. <laughs> so it was a. a it was a nice moment. It was um, kind of a relief, but it was kind of funny that it happened, you know, before the show even happened. There was plenty that could go wrong still, you know, so, um, but, um, but yeah, the event began and the venue was responsible for providing the, uh, the drinks. And um, I remember uh, speaking of people not taking us seriously that they thought we were crazy with the amount of art that we were hanging up. Um, we had seen in the past that, um, you know, a lot of art galleries would kind of do themselves a, a bit of a disservice by underpopulating the space and trying to be, you know, super cool and uh, chic, you know, with like pieces that are, you know, space 10 feet apart or whatever. But uh, while that's kind of cool, it's also kind of a waste of, you know, limited resources when you're uh, a, a small scrappy show like ours was and, you know, trying to uh, sell tickets and things. So we wanted to 
uh, be able to appeal as, to as wide an audience as possible, bring in as many artists as possible because they were all looking for a place to, you know, display their art. Um, you know, so we were trying to maximize the use of the space and we hung up more art apparently than they had ever seen anybody do. We were using the halls, we were using the classrooms, doing all the things. And, uh, you know, several times they made uh, comments to us about, you know, that basically we were crazy for, <laughs> for putting up that much art. Uh, and they thought we were, you know, never going to have anybody come through the show. And, uh, so, you know, I think that was part of what was weighing on our minds when we, uh, had that moment of relief when we saw the ticket sales really pick up at the last minute. Um, but yeah, the night of the show, uh, people that were there will probably remember there was literally a line out the door and around the, the corner, uh, because the venue wasn't prepared. They, they had never shared with us occupancy or anything because they thought we'd had no chance of selling out the space. They said something along the lines of that they'd never reached capacity. Um, so it was not a concern. <laughs> so we hadn't set limits. And um, so everybody, you know, showed up and was waiting in line to get in and people were buying tickets at the door. And um, it was kind of a, uh, kind of a mess, but uh, there also was no air conditioning in there. It was a thousand degrees. You know, I almost passed out at one point. I was showing some friends around and, uh, introducing them to uh, one of the artists and I like started to black out and I had to, you know, kind of cover it and walk away for a second. Uh, so nobody knew, but, um, it was, uh, it was intensely hot in there. Um, but, uh, you know, nevertheless, I think people really thought it was a cool experience. Like there was all this amazing art on the walls. We had artists from all around the world. I think there was about 75 artists for that show. We had these cool performances in the back room on the stage. Uh, the Naked News came and covered it, you know, and so there were just all these sights and sounds and uh, experiences that people had probably not really had before in LA. You know, there were other art shows that, um, you know, had nude art, but uh, either they tended to be erotic art shows um, or they kind of focused on just one thing. So it'd be like a body paint show or, um, you know, a photography show or something like that. And we were sort of the first one at that time that had, um, a mix we had you know paintings and photography and sculptures and um, body painters and burlesque dancers and live performances and nude yoga and uh, pole aerialists and you know all these different things all brought together it was almost like a festival of of uh, fine art nude uh, and live performance and i think people were really uh, blown away by that and i remember the the reviews were overwhelmingly positive and People were just really excited about uh, what we had put together, and everybody was wanting, you know, clamoring to be involved in the next show. And it was really um, encouraging and rewarding. So that was a neat experience. So we were riding high after that. I think we had about eighteen hundred people come through that night. So um, you know, we felt really good about that experience and decided, okay, we need to um, to take this momentum and and roll it into another even bigger show and. Um, we're going to get kind of crazy with it, you know, this time. And uh, we got a little bit cocky <laughs> and thought, you know, with uh, the, the success that we'd had and the kind of growth that we had seen that we should go, you know, go big. And um, we hadn't really done a show. Uh, I mean, we didn't really have any uh, event planning experience aside from doing those shows uh, and just kind of getting lucky, you know, I guess. So um, trying to do something even larger is. Uh, magnitudes harder and we didn't realize it at the time but um so the next show six months later was in uh march of 2019 and uh we had 
16,000 square foot space. It was the Cooper Design building, and uh, we were in the penthouse. And it was just a big empty space, and, which was great in some ways. Uh, you know, they gave us a, a reasonable price on it. We'd had problems, though, because, um, you know, again, back to this thing about people not taking us seriously because of the name of the show uh, or not understanding what the show was and not wanting to deal with us. We had a number of different venues that just wouldn't even talk to us, uh, just assuming that the show was like, you know, a sex show or a, a you know, pornography or something strange. Um, not that pornography is strange, but <laughs> that, you know, it, it wasn't something that they wanted to deal with and they weren't understanding what the show actually was. And, um, and they wouldn't deal with us. In fact, we had one venue that we were close to um, working with that <laughs> uh, we were about to sign the deal. And I remember they said, hey, you know, the, the building itself is cool with everybody uh, doing all of these things. But the one thing that they want to change is um, you can't have any nudity at the show. <laughs> and we're like, that's, uh, I mean, not only is it in the name of the show, but like, that's, that's the whole premise. Like, <laughs> what would Nudardelli have been without nude art, you know? So, um, yeah, obviously that fell through, which was uh, disappointing because we were kind of close to crunch time at that point, you know? So we went scrambling and trying to find something else. And that's when we found the Cooper uh, design space. And it, and it was, they, they were great. They worked with us. We uh, appreciated their, uh, their help and everything. So, um, you know, that was good. But we found that real estate in Los Angeles doesn't scale uh, the way that you might think. So, whereas uh, we were going into a space that was like uh, two to three times bigger than the one that we had been in before, it was like 10 times more expensive. And um, that was, <laughs> that was quite a, you know, gulp kind of a moment. Um, but we, we were still pretty confident. We expanded the show out to be two nights. Um, and overall it was pretty successful. We ran into, um, a lot more problems, a lot more headaches than we, um, expected or anticipated. We had, um, a, a vendor that brought out the walls that we were supposed to use in the space. And they described them as being, uh, large and, you know, made out of wood and white, and of course, when uh, they were in the space, it turned out that they were just wood. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy that was selling them to us told us, uh, you know, no problem if you want to nail into them or screw into them. And then when the people were setting it up, they said, don't nail or screw into them or else uh, you'll lose your deposit, <laughs> which we were like, well, I guess we're losing our deposit because <laughs> we're going to be doing that. And uh, but the biggest problem was that they had told us when we were uh, getting ready to rent them that we could. Uh, basically orient them any way that we wanted to. And they, obviously you can tell from what I'm saying that we hadn't seen them in person. We just had them described to us. Um, so when we were actually uh, confronted with what they were, they were like, oh yeah, they can only attach at 90 degree angles, which completely blew our floor plan out of the water because we had these nice 45 degree angles. It was going to be, you know, kind of like the, uh, the background of a, a science fair project, you know, where, uh, it would be kind of nice and open and you would have a nice separation between different uh, artists and things like that. And, uh, nope, everything had to be, you know, square and boxy. And so we ended up with some artists that, you know, were incredibly talented, but had, uh, smaller pieces. So we were planning to put them in a little bit smaller booth, um, that were basically like 
relegated to a closet <laughs> and, uh, you know, we felt terrible about it. Uh, but obviously we had to kind of keep the, uh, the poker face on, um, and not let on that there was a problem <laughs> because we needed to pull the show off and make it all happen, you know? So, um, uh, so that was kind of the first frustration. And then, um, you know, managing so many people and making sure that you set the right expectations turned out to be a little bit of a problem too, where, uh, some of the folks that were helping out kind of misunderstood what was expected, I guess. And, um, on the second night in particular, thought it was, uh, a party for them, <laughs> not for the guests. So some of the folks were drinking and, uh, you know, things happened, you know, so it was very, it was very frustrating. Uh, for me personally. And I remember coming out of that show feeling uh, a little bit dejected because it wasn't the magical experience that I really wanted to uh, to put out there. Uh, I think people still enjoyed it, um, judging by the things that I've been told after the fact. I think a lot of people still thought it was a really uh, amazing experience and people wanted to come back and do the next one and all those things. But, um, but yeah, I, I found it kind of frustrating. So, uh, just by coincidence, uh, my wife and I were getting married a few months later and we needed time to do all that stuff. And, um, so we kind of used that as, I guess, a bit of an excuse to put off doing another show six months later, like we had been doing. Uh, and I was thinking during that time that, you know, there were different ways that maybe we could make the show bigger and better, manage the, uh, the people and the expectations a little bit, um, better with a different kind of uh, approach to the show. So in early 2020, we were just starting to plan. We pulled together a few folks that uh, were interested in helping us put it together. And at that point, the, um, the plan would have been to basically be as large or larger than the previous show had been, but to reformat it essentially so that it would have it would be almost like a convention so we would have most of the the art show part going on um first during the day so people would be able to come in and really experience the art um in a relaxed sort of leisurely way and then we would have the performances and things later in the evening that was kind of the initial idea and then we were sort of toying with that and thinking maybe we needed to have some um, some sort of performances during the day to, to make sure that it wasn't um, too off-brand for us, that people were still experiencing kind of what they expected from New Dart LA. Um, and we had learned from the previous show, uh, the one in um, in uh, March of 2019, that if we had a, a big stage in the middle with um, stuff programmed on it the whole time, the audience tended to gravitate towards the stage and not go around and look at the art. So they were only getting part of the experience. And we wanted to um, to fix that. So these were the ways that we were kind of thinking of, you know, how we could adjust for that. So um, we ultimately were looking at that point for a, a space that was, like I say, going to be about the same size or, or larger than the uh, Cooper Design space had been so that we could pull this off. And uh, of course, this was February, I think, of 2020. Um, so just a few weeks later, uh, the pandemic caused the shutdowns and everything went out the window, you know, and I was still holding on to these ideas. I was still talking to people at that point, um, hoping, you know, that everything would pass quickly and we'd be back at it, you know, that fall maybe and, um, make our triumphal return and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, as time wore on <laughs> a year wore on another year, we realized that wasn't happening. So, um, we folded 
uh, Nude Art LA. We didn't want to, you know, keep paying all the uh, incorporation fees and stuff to keep running that. And um, just sort of said, well, I guess we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, one year turned into two, turned into three. So uh, the whole time, though, I was still in touch with people from the previous shows, and they would always ask, you know, when are we doing the next one? They were still excited about it. There was still a passion out there for it, which is, you know, kind of what kept that dream alive for me to to bring the show back. So uh, I guess it was early 2023. Um, I started chatting with a colleague of mine from my day job about ideas for um, uh, revitalizing the show, bringing the show back. And um, we we both work in uh, in marketing for our day jobs. So we were um, approaching it more from a um, sort of a corporate uh, marketing perspective and looking at the things that had worked and the things that needed to be adjusted and some of the frustrations and pain points that we had had with previous shows and ways that we could improve it and uh, make the experience you know that much better. So some ideas that came up were things focused on you know trying to create more of a community, trying to uh, create more of a brand. Uh, that people would have interest in um something that wouldn't be as potentially cringy for people to say <laughs> to folks that weren't in the know um because i think you know even for us like telling people you know hey i have an art show called new dart la sometimes the reactions that you would see or the you know even people that knew us uh would somehow assume like what kind of you know crazy thing are you into? Is it you know a sex party or whatever? And uh, you know, as as those that have been know, like there, you know, there are elements of it, I guess, that are sexy and things like that. But we try to keep it fairly, uh, pretty highbrow and pretty refined. And we would joke, you know, that you could hug your grandma at our shows. Um, and and I think in a lot of ways that's true. Like, um, you know, you might feel a little weird looking at naked people with your grandma around, but. <laughs> But we weren't doing anything that was uh, that was kooky uh, in any way that you know would really be all that offensive, and um, or all that different than what you would see at like a, a major museum. Except that we had some you know actual live people <laughs> that you could look at uh, that were part of the art. So that might be uh, a little bit more shocking than than some things. But it's not that crazy. Um, but you know, yet people would hear us say the name and they would make all kinds of assumptions and give us funny looks and things. So, um, and I'm sure if it was happening to us, it was happening to, you know, people that were coming to the show or in the show or things like that. So we, we wanted to come up with a name that would cause less of that reaction. And we started looking at brands like Playboy and thinking about what they had done. And, you know, if you said to somebody something about Playboy, just saying the word doesn't necessarily cause that kind of visceral reaction that we would get with our uh, event name. So um, that's why we were like, you know, let's try to start putting the brand in a place where, uh, yes, it focuses on the same kinds of topics of inclusivity and body positivity and, you know, normalizing um, the acceptance of the human body and all of its shapes and sizes and forms and stuff. Um, But do it in a way that obviously would be fun and exciting and not, you know, preachy. And, um, but also embed in it, much like Playboy had done, this sense of elegance and sophistication, um, which I know to some that might seem kind of funny, but in, in its day, there was uh, an element of that. 
Um, so we wanted to kind of mimic that and create an event that not only focused on art and all those things, but also had this sort of elegant sophistication about it. And, and in part, that was also because um, while our sort of wacky bohemian beginnings were, you know, fun and cool and all that, um, some people are somewhat turned off by that um, sort of an experience. They want something that's a little bit more elevated. And in particular, folks that would probably be buying the art um, might be a little bit more into something a little bit more elegant. And I don't think it would, I don't think something like that, as long as it's, um, you know, not priced ridiculously, as long as it stays kind of in the same vein and does all the same things, it just is a little bit more polished. I don't think it would be off-putting to the folks that the, you know, sort of bohemian event applied, um, appealed to, but it would hopefully just incorporate a larger audience that, you know, would, uh, would embrace it. That's the hope. That's the dream. I don't know if that'll be the case. Um, so, you know, let us know, but, um, but that's kind of where, where our heads were as we were working on this. So, um, we came up with <clears throat> this name aristocratics cause it kind of had that same sort of vibe to it that playboy did. We thought, and, um, and it's a, you know, a made up word. It doesn't actually exist obviously, but it sounds like aristocrat or aristocratic. Um, so we thought, you know, okay, let's do that. Nobody's really going to be sitting on domains for that and things. So we, uh, we were in luck. We were able to get the aristocratics.com and set up the the website and do all those things and start the the long and arduous task of trying to rebrand and let everybody know that we are Nude Art LA. We're just under a new name and kind of running uh, multiple socials in parallel so that we don't completely confuse people that maybe haven't been paying attention for a while, things like that. Um, so we started that task and we thought, you know, we would be able to bring the show back in 2023 and get things going. But, um, surprisingly, <laughs> despite the pandemic, you know, causing a lot of commercial spaces to go, uh, vacant and stuff, uh, you would think that that would cause them to be more reasonable on their rents <laughs> and, uh, that they would be willing to work with you or even spaces that, uh, maybe would have been unattainable for us before the pandemic, uh, because they were all occupied, uh, now might be you know, willing to have somebody come in for a month so that they're not just losing money on that space. Shockingly in commercial real estate in LA, that appears not to be the case. <laughs> so we called all kinds of places and, uh, you know, some of them just acted like we were complete a-holes for suggesting things like that. They would rather leave their space empty then have some, you know, crappy art show come in and take it over and pay them rent for a month. It was really, uh, shocking. Um, so, or, you know, if we, if we did, uh, they wanted, you know, full price, they wanted, you know, $20,000 for a night something like that, or $50,000 for a weekend or whatever. Um, so it was, it was going to eat up potentially all of the profit that the show would have generated. So it was just a, a sort of an impossible task. We were having a lot of problems and because we had folded the company and distributed all of its assets and stuff, we didn't really have much in the bank to, uh, to fall back on like we had at the last show. So we were like, you know, we're, we're starting from scratch again. We, we have very little and we're just coming out of, you know, our personal pockets to try to try to fund the show. So we didn't want to spend a ton, um, not knowing if the audience was still in town, still remembered us, was going to understand the change in name, all those things. So we were really struggling with 
you know, the, the very first step of this process of finding a space. Um, and then fortunately somebody put us in touch with, uh, this organization called happening in downtown LA or happening in DTLA. Um, and, uh, if you're familiar with them, they, uh, are involved with this, uh, art walk event that happens down there. They, um, have great, uh, presence on social media and, uh, like a newsletter and things like that. And their, their mission is basically to help revitalize, uh, downtown LA to bring people back who, you know, probably associate it more now with, uh, its problems more than its, its, uh, virtues. They want to show that, you know, there's a happening uh, art culture happening down there and that businesses should be there and that people will still come to downtown LA. Um, you know, not just the offices, but for cultural events and things. And they're doing that through art shows and, and, uh, events like ours that they can plug into, uh, these galleries down there and, you know, people go, Oh, this is a nice area. I, I didn't realize these restaurants were here. I didn't realize whatever. And they've noticed that as they do it, um, these areas tend to start to regrow. They start to get businesses into once vacant storefronts and things again. Um, so it appears to be, you know, sort of a successful venture that they're on. And, um, you know, we, we applaud them for that. For our purposes, they've been fantastic in terms of getting us into the space on a, a revenue sharing basis so we didn't have to front a bunch of cash up front. The space is um, smaller, I think, than possibly any of the shows that we did in the past, uh, maybe with the exception of our very first show. Um, it might be on, on par with that. But because we think that we can probably bring in an audience closer to what we had at our second show. We had made the decision to try to basically take over this venue that they're letting us have for Thursday and Friday and Saturday of three weeks in February of 2024. And uh, because the, the space is so small, the max occupancy is 150 people. So we're having to limit the tickets per show to just 100 people. So we have some room for staff and uh, artists and stuff to be there. Um, so we split each night into two shows, uh, each two hours long, and we're just going to kind of um, get all these artists in there, have some live performances, have some figure sketching, have some demonstrations, some interactive exhibits, do all of these things in a really um, efficient, compact way. And I think we've got the experience now from doing the previous shows to pull it off in a way that will look and feel um, the way that I've always sort of wanted our events to be. And it's going to create a more intimate experience, I think, for the audience too, which is really important to me. I feel like at our last show in 2019, because it was such a large event venue and because, you know, like I said, we had some trouble with people sort of treating it like it was a party for the staff and not for the, the attendees and things like that. Um, that we, we sort of lost our focus there and it became less personal and less exciting for the audience to experience um, because they were, you know, in some cases sitting, you know, 40 feet from the stage or, you know, missing that there was all this art there and all these artists wanting to talk to them about their works and stuff um, and just gravitated to the stage and was what, and they were watching what was happening there. And, um, you know, it was really, it was, it was not the experience that we wanted that to be. Um, so this time around, we're redoing our show in a way that you'll be able to come in 
and experience the art as you're walking in. We'll have an interactive exhibit uh, midway through the um, event space where um, it's our it's our take on a photo booth. Uh, it should be pretty interesting. Um, basically, uh, instead of you know throwing on um, goofy hats and funny glasses and boas and making weird faces at the the camera with your buddies like you may have done at a uh, a wedding or you know somebody's birthday or something. Um, our take is, you know, we're a fine art nude event, so we're going to allow people to sign up to be either the photographer or the model. And, uh, yes, you'll be, a if you sign up to be the model, you'll be a nude model and, um, you'll go back into this booth. You won't be out in public. People won't be watching you do this. So it'll be semi-private, uh, but you'll go back there with our, um, uh, our uh, staff person, um, and he will, uh, show the photographer, you know, here's how you use the camera. Everything's set up, so there won't be a lot of learning. It'll be mostly like Zoom and shutter release and stuff like that. And then on the other side, the model will have a few minutes to, you know, get undressed. And there'll be a curtain between. So uh, as soon as everybody's ready, they'll pull the curtain back. You'll get 60 seconds to create whatever kind of masterpiece you can come up with. Uh, and then when the 60 seconds are over, curtain closes, everybody gets, you know, dressed and, and done and everything. The model will then be given the opportunity to decide, you know, would you like prints of what just happened? Um, and uh, not not the photographer because, uh, you know, you may be paired with somebody that you don't know. And that would just be a little weird to uh, send a stranger home with nudies of somebody that <laughs> they don't know. Um, but the model can make a choice as to whether or not she wants to have prints made. And then the second choice will be whether or not they want to enter a contest. Uh, we're going to uh, take the photos from these events. Uh, one of our um, organizers, James, will go through and pick out what he thinks are the best shots from uh, each of the shoots that decides to uh, be entered into the contest. We'll post them on our Patreon and let our Patreon members uh, go through there and decide which ones they think uh, were the best. So the uh, admission price that you pay as you're coming in will be used to pay a small uh, reward to whoever the Patreon members vote on. So uh, kind of a neat uh, take on all of that. Then as you move into the back gallery, you will see the stage where we'll have the live performances. You'll have more artists displaying their work back there. Uh, That's also where the bar will be. And we'll have um, live demonstrations, including um, shibari in one corner, which is uh, Japanese uh, rope bondage. Uh, it's an art form. It's not uh, anything sexual, so don't uh, don't worry. Um, and then on the uh, the other side, we'll have uh, a body painter every night doing a live demonstration of body painting. We've got some really fantastic world class body painters, so you'll uh, definitely want to check that out. And then we'll have uh, occasionally some other folks that are artists in the show that will also be demonstrating their craft. So it might be, um, you know, painting or uh, using their body to um, make imprints or things like that. So all kinds of interesting uh, stuff will be going on. Then on the main stage, we'll have uh, burlesque, we'll have um, uh, aerialists, we'll have uh, a rope dart performer, uh, dancers, all kinds of different things and um i think with only maybe one exception they're all uh brand new performances to uh to our events so even if you've been to the nude art la events in the past these will be 
completely new performers that you haven't seen before. So that'll be pretty exciting. Um, we also are going to run the stage a little differently than we've done in the past. And what we're going to do is have the uh, have a performance, and then after they're done, we'll have some figure models come out and pose for a bit. And we'll have some pads and pencils and things there if you want to um, to sketch them. That's the that's the purpose of that. Uh, but if you're not somebody that's um, artistically inclined yourself, or uh, you just aren't interested in doing that right then. Um, this will be a great time for you to uh, wander around and look at the art uh, a little closer. And that's the point of it. I think we found at the last show that just having act after act after act caused people to just stay there at the stage and not wander around and look at, at the other things that are going on. So with the the figure models, you'll have uh, a moment to sort of take a break um, from the activity going on on the stage, and you'll be able to wander around a little bit and see some of the other things. and. The other advantage of this smaller format is that you won't be standing, you know, 40 feet away from the stage at best. You know, you'll be able to get like right up close and personal and see what's happening. And even if you're, um, you know, talking to an artist, all you have to do is just turn around and you'll be able to see what's happening uh, back there. You know, you won't have to wade through people. You won't have to wait an hour to get a drink or whatever. You'll be able to just kind of get in, uh, see the things, not feel claustrophobic. So it should be a much better, more intimate experience um, that I, the, the kind of experience that I've always wanted to actually have this be for people. So I think it's going to be really positive in those ways. Um, the other exciting change is because of the way that the venue is set up and the ticketing, we've been uh, told that this will be the first time we're allowed by uh, the bar to treat it as a private event and actually serve drinks while there's uh, nudity going on. Um, some people had complained in the past that our event shouldn't really be called Nude Art LA because uh, nobody was actually nude. Uh, we always had to keep um, uh, pants on um, because uh, of these liquor laws and stuff. But because of the way that we're running the event, uh, we've been told that we should be able to um, get around that this time. So, um, you know, it will actually be uh, nude art that you'll be able to to see and experience, and um, we also have the uh, the nudist event, which we've always done. It's always been a part of our show. Uh, there was a, a group that reached out to us before our first event and asked if they could be um, admitted to the show uh, in the nude to experience it that way, and and we've always allowed that as like a special carve out of our event. Um, not everybody knows about it, uh, and and obviously not everybody's in that community, but. The um, the problem that we had is it was always a smaller audience, so we were never able to give them really the full experience that the general admission audience had because um, it just was it didn't make financial sense. We couldn't you know pay everybody and keep the space open all that time for an audience that wasn't um, gonna pay off for all those expenses. Um, but this time around, because of the smaller audience size and the smaller venue, we're actually able to give the exact same experience to the nudists that we are going to be giving to the general admission audience, which I'm excited about. And because of this change in the um, the alcohol policy that we have been required to follow in the past, uh, we should be able to actually have drinks during that time as well, which was something we could never do in the past. So I'm excited about that. Um, that will be our uh, very first night, um, February 8th. Uh, we're calling it the undress rehearsal. So if you've seen that in the uh, materials, that's what it is. It's not uh, It's not really a rehearsal, per se. It's the full 
show experience. It's just the first time we're running through it. So we kind of tongue in cheek are calling it the, uh, the rehearsal. Uh, but it's, a, it's the full show. So you'll get to see everything and you'll get to be the first audience to experience uh, the new aristocratics thing. You just have to, the audience has to do it uh, in the all together. They have to be nude. So uh, that'll be a thing. I guess as a as a warning, I often get this comment from people in the in the nudist community, but they always feel like everybody in the event space should have to be nude um, while they're nude. And unfortunately, uh, many of us are not ourselves nudists. <laughs> so, um, and, and there's very practical reasons, like if you know police uh, or fire or somebody you know came to the space, we need to be ready to interact with them and things. So. Uh, the event staff, the artists will not be uh, nude during that period. Um, this is really just sort of a special carve out that we're trying to create uh, as a space for people that enjoy nudism to uh, be able to enjoy the show in that way. Um, but it's not per se like a, a nudist event. Um, so it's not a, um, a group of nudists trying to promote a lifestyle. It's more uh, a way that we're trying to help our friends in that community to enjoy and experience the way that they like to enjoy it. Uh, so we hope that uh, folks that um, are in that community will understand that uh, that distinction and not uh, be offended that um, the event staff will not be nude as well. Um, anyway, that is kind of the take on that stuff. We've been posting on our social uh, platforms pretty consistently now with uh, information about artists and models and performers that will be there. We've got them on our side. I'm adding uh, new people every few days uh, at this point. New art pieces are coming in. Um, we're kind of refining all that stuff. We've got information about the artists and the models and the performers on there. So if you want to learn a little bit more about some of the people that you'll be seeing or link out to their social media, maybe you come to the show and you're um, particularly impressed by somebody, um, you'll be able to find some information about who they are and, and links to their socials and things there. So be sure to check all of that out. Uh, the other thing that we're going to do is uh, we're going to have QR codes available on uh, the tags for all of the art pieces. So as you're walking through the space, you'll be able to make a purchase right from your phone. You won't have to deal with anybody uh, else other than uh, obviously showing them your receipt on the way out. So you don't get arrested, <laughs> but, um, but uh you can make the transaction entirely through your phone. You don't have to give anybody your credit card, uh, you know, at the event. Um, it'll all just be handled online. Um, so that'll be one thing that we're going to do. And um, another thing that I think is going to be really cool about this go around is we wanted to um, to really boost our um, our presence in the community to really help out other uh, organizations through what we're working on, uh, you know, aside from just our messaging about inclusivity and body positivity and those things, um, we wanted to, um, you know, to really make an impact. So, uh, we have partnered with an organization called Giselle's Legacy, which is an animal rescue. They do a fantastic job, uh, of trying to take animals that would otherwise be, uh, you know, euthanized in the shelters and um and find them you know happy forever homes uh or at least fosters to you know take care of them until that happy forever home comes along um they're uh, they're a really fantastic organization my wife is uh, uh deeply involved right now with uh, volunteering in the uh the shelters and she just sees some heartbreaking things where 
you know, the, a lot of people believe that uh, in LA County, the um, the uh, shelters are no kill. That's not actually the case. They, I think, have some technical <laughs> title to that or something, and some legal thing. But uh, the reality is that they uh, do, in fact, kill animals on a regular basis, and it's not just you know ones that are diseased or aggressive. It's often you know healthy uh, animals that otherwise would be you know great companions. They just uh, sit there too long or whatever in there. Um, killing them for space, unfortunately. So uh, my wife is uh, very involved with trying to uh, reverse that trend and, and get those animals out. Um, but obviously it can be an uphill battle and organizations like Giselle's Legacy is right there on the front line with her, um, getting them out and, um, and making a better world for those animals. So uh, what we're doing with this show, aside from trying to bring some awareness of Giselle's Legacy through like the podcast here, is um, we're going to donate um, half of our commission on art sales to Giselle's Legacy. So uh, when you look at the prices, some of them might look a little wonky. It's because we're tacking 10% onto the price that the artist has asked for their artwork. So if they say you know they want uh, $500 for a piece, uh, we're going to sell it for $550. Um, and that gives us that 10% to take a little commission for ourselves to help defray our costs. And then we're going to give um, 5% of that to uh, Giselle's, or I'm sorry, uh, 50% of what we're taking uh, or a 5% of the total cost of the piece will go to Giselle's legacy. The other uh, 50% or 5% uh, of the total cost will uh, go to the show to defray costs. So that's, um, that's our plan uh, right there. Mostly it'll, uh, cover the um, credit card transaction fee. Um, so that is the plan. So every purchase that you make will not only support um, actual artists, and um, which is super important because the art community, a lot of people don't know this, you know, you see these uh, giant sales happening at auctions and things, and it's very glamorous and very exciting, but that money doesn't help the artist. It only helps uh, the auction house and the previous owner. Um, if you really want to help support the arts, the way to do it is to buy art from artists. And that's what uh, you'll be able to do with this show. And not only will you be able in that transaction to help the artist, but you'll also be able to help out Giselle's legacy. So it'll be a, a really fantastic win-win. And, you know, you'll see pieces there that will range uh, pretty widely in prices. There'll be prints that, you know, maybe less than $100, uh, all the way up to, you know, original uh, oil paintings that might be, you know, thousands of dollars um so bear that in mind you know there's something for every budget every kind of taste uh, in this space um it will all look fantastic uh in your home in your office in your bathroom you know wherever it is that you want to uh put this kind of artwork and um we just really encourage people to um to think about that and and make that investment if you you know get lucky and one of these people becomes the next, uh, you know, uh, Medigliani or Van Gogh, who were both, you know, penniless artists in their day and couldn't sell any artwork, but now their pieces sell for millions and millions of dollars at auctions. You never know. That could be you. That could be <laughs> what happens from some of these art pieces. So, uh, you know, buy what you love and, um, you know, support your artists. And hopefully through that support, they will, uh, you know, be able to return that investment through their uh, reputation. So, uh, that's what all, all I have to say about that with that. Um, 
you know, tickets are on sale right now on Fever exclusively. Uh, they've been a great uh, partner as well. So uh, check them out. Lots of uh, cool events happening there. But the coolest event is obviously going to be Aristocratics in February. Uh, so get your tickets. Um, and then, um, yeah, we hope to see you in February. And if you uh, like the podcast, uh, please make sure to give us five stars or, uh, you know, rate us uh, positively. Leave your comments. We will uh, try to respond to those. Uh, follow us on all of the social channels and, um, uh, you know, feel free to, I'll be emceeing the show. So feel free to come over and say, Hey, and, uh, you know, tell me what you like about, uh, the event or what, uh, you think we should change. And I, uh, would love to, to meet all of you. So looking forward to seeing you at the show. Take care and, uh, we'll talk to you next time.